Welcome to the Jordan and Kristen Rickard Show. The world is falling apart, but you don't have to. Join Jordan and Kristen as they discuss the challenges that face us in our decaying world every day. God has a plan for you to have victory and to be a light in the darkness. As the Bible says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now, here's Jordan and Kristen. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Jordan and Kristen Pray For You. This is a weekend edition, so I shouldn't even be saying good evening because we're Kristen and I is Kristen and I are. That's good. Kristen and I is. This is starting very well so far, this video. I've already I've already <laughs> flubbed the opening and then I'm not conjugating my verbs correctly. Well, where Kristen and I are, it is just the afternoon. And we just thought we have Saturday to ourselves today. We're just gonna do a quick video. I'm going to talk to you today. The subject of today's mini sermon is going to be the three lessons that you should learn from the story of the prodigal son. All right. Now, we're all pretty familiar with one of the lessons, but there are two other lessons that are just as important. I'm going to tell you about those in a second. But first, Kristen, why don't you open us up with prayer? Absolutely. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you overcame. You conquered everything. You conquered fear. You conquered death. You conquered sickness. You conquered depression. You conquered lust. You conquered greed. You you conquered dysfunctional, broken relationships, broken families. You conquered the brokenness inside us. You conquered hurt. You conquered everything, Lord. And so by the sound of my voice, Lord, I pray that each person who is listening to this episode, whatever they're going through, Lord, whatever valley they're in, God, even if they're on the mountaintop right now, God, I pray that each person, would would really understand and comprehend your love, which is we can't comprehend with our with our finite minds, but through the spirit, get some understanding of how victorious you actually are, Lord, how you are over and your blood covers everything. And that the situation they're going through it now, Lord, that you have an answer and you have a solution, and you are the one carrying them through, Lord. You are you are holding their hand, God. You are pulling us out, God. Just like that that one scripture that says about pulling us out, Lord. I just imagine your righteous right hand Lord, pulling us out of the depths, out of the depths of, of the places the enemy has, has tricked us into, God. By your spirit, we have come out and come into your light. And I pray that over every person listening, and if there's not, if there's a person who doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that you, your spirit would move on their heart right now. I pray that your spirit would move on their situation. I pray miracles would happen in these next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Why don't you come back into the camera shot? There you go. <laughs> Sorry, I'm leaning over. All right. So I want to talk to you about, to, I want to talk to you today about the three important lessons you should learn from the prodigal son. And for those of you who don't know the story, it's basically one of Jesus' parables, and it goes like this, right? This wealthy man has two sons, and one of them, who decides he wants to go the wrong way in life, demands his inheritance now while he's while the father's still alive. And so the father gives him his half of the estate, and the son leaves. And what do you think he does? Of course, he, he goes the wrong way. He starts blowing his money on all sorts of frivolous things. Before he knows it, this son of this very wealthy person, now he's instead actually living in a pig pen, you know, with pigs sleeping in the mud and all this kind of stuff. And he eventually says, you know, this is terrible. 
I'd rather be the lowest member of my father's household than sleeping with these pigs. And so he decides he's going to go back to his father in shame. And the father sees him from a distance. And he's so excited to see him that he decides he's just going to have this big feast and give him a ring and everything like that. And the, and the other the other son says, well, this isn't fair. I mean, I, I didn't do anything wrong. You're not that excited to see me. But the father says, look, my son was lost. Now he's found. I don't think less of you. You're still going to get what's coming to you. But now I'm very happy because my son has come back to me. Okay, so what are the three lessons to learn from this? Well, the first lesson you should learn is the one that kind of gets overlooked, but it's important in today's modern church to remember that lesson number one is that the son was going in the wrong direction. He was going wayward. And I say that because in today's church, it's like we've, we've got this come as you are mentality and then stay as you are, that there is no right and wrong way. There is no difference between righteousness and worldliness. There's, there's no difference between the lust of the spirit and lust of the flesh or anything like that, that, you know, we just have this attitude that to get anybody in church will take you as you are. And that's fine. But then tell you that the way you're living is perfectly fine and perfectly healthy and perfectly normal. And anybody who says otherwise, they're being judgmental. It's like, no, that's not how it is. The Bible's very clear, and you should have, should have been able to figure this out for yourself by now, that there is a right and wrong way, all right? And it's not just a matter of, well, you were going to church and now you're not. No, there is a sin lifestyle that we are afraid to confront because we want to be accepted by the world and we want the world to... We want the world to come to us and we want our numbers to be bigger. And if that means watering down our message so that, that, so that what we're selling people isn't even very useful to them, then that's what we do. So lesson number one in the prodigal son is there is a right and wrong way to live. That you had the one son who was living the, living right. Okay. And you had the, another son who was living wrong and it led to his destruction. All right. That's what the, he goes out. He embraces what the world has to offer. He does the carousing, the gambling, the womanizing, all that stuff. All the all the things the Epicureans tell us are supposed to lead to happiness. All the things the hedonists tell us are supposed to lead to happiness. Everything our culture, Hollywood says, is supposed to lead to happiness. He goes out there. All all it winds up getting him is a one way trip into uh, sleeping in the mud. All right. So the first lesson before we even get to the one about 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 the father accepting him back is is to understand that there was a wrong way and he went the wrong way. Okay. Then lesson number two is, yes, the father was not just accepting of him back. He was very happy to have him back. Okay. He exalted at it. All right. That used to be the message that we would send people, right? Like, you know, if, if you, if you've gotten off the straight and narrow path, don't worry. God just can't wait to, to, to grab you again. Well, guess what? So many people think that there is no straight and narrow path, that you can go on any path, that the prodigal son story has, I think, lost a lot of its impact and influence because so many people think, well, I'm, I'm living fine. I'm a nice person, whatever. Uh, I'm not hurting anybody, whether you probably are. You're probably hurting yourself too. What do I, you know, I don't even think, I, I'm not worried about God accepting me back because God accepts everyone. Well, yeah, he accepts everyone who turns around. That's the point. Okay. Now, Perhaps you're one of these people who recognizes that you've gone wrong in life and the enemy is kind of using shame to make you feel like God will never accept you back. Well, that's the more, that's the more important lesson here, right? Which well, is important anyway, is that God will accept you. You know, I, I use this uh, example. I have over on this part of my desk over here, which you guys can't see. I have a pretty extensive pen collection, believe it or not. In fact, actually, if you don't mind, here we go. This is one of my favorite pens. This is a uh, Visconti. I think it's a Rembrandt. And I've managed to lose this pen a few times. So this pen, I'm not making this up. I actually paid like 200 bucks for this pen. Okay. And I remember one time 
I went to court. I brought this pen with me and I got home and I couldn't find it. And I was convinced I left this pen in court. And this is just a pen. I can't tell you how much it upset me that I lost this little pen. Okay. A few weeks went by and I think what happened was I sat in my seat and I felt something poke me in the, in the underside. And I looked down and sure enough, there was this pen in my seat and I was so just so beyond myself with happiness that I'd found this thing because I was kicking myself in the head. Oh, I lost this pen. I paid 200 bucks for it. I was, it was horrible. And I found it. I couldn't tell you how happy I was. Guys, this is just a pen. <laughs> this is, this thing is not nearly as valuable as you are. And I talk about how I paid $200 for this pen. And that's true. Jesus gave his whole life for you. Okay. So when Jesus gives his whole life for you, believe me, how much happier he is when you come back to him. In fact, actually, not to get off topic, but if you ever read the story of Jonah and the whale, the real story in that is not so much Jonah's rebelliousness and God had to, you know, have him swallow up by a whale so he goes to Nineveh. The real story, the real value of that story is how much God valued the people of Nineveh. That's the lesson he actually teaches Jonah at the end. Mm. He says, you know, you have this little tree here. This tree's been here for an, for a day and, and, and you sat under it and it gave you shade and then I destroyed it. And you were mad because of this tree that was, that was gone after a day. We've got a, but he, God says we have a hundred thousand people in Nineveh and you want me just to destroy them? Absolutely not. So that's my point, guys, is when God is accepting you back, it's a sign of his greatness, but also it's a sign of how highly he esteems you. There's so many people struggling with self-esteem issues today, Kristen. And yes. I just, I just wish they understood how valuable they are to God that God gave his son to die on the cross for that person. So obviously when you come back, listen, would God rather you not have left in the first place? Absolutely. But guess what? Let me tell you a secret. All of us stray a little bit here and there. None of us are able to walk perfectly straight because none of us are perfect human beings. The difference is who comes back and who keeps going in the wrong direction. So the first lesson is there is a wrong direction. The second lesson is you can turn around and God, God will absolutely bring you back. Now, here's a third lesson from the prodigal son. Just because God forgives you and God loves you does not mean that God will always remove from you the consequences mm. of what you did. Now, listen, I love Joel Osteen. You know I do. In fact, part of the reason that Kristen was even got to know me, she saw on my Facebook page, I like Joel Osteen. And I do. One of our first dates, we went to see Joel Osteen, not in concert, whatever you call it, Joel Osteen <laughs> in person um, uh, over in Philadelphia. It was great. But one of the things that Joel talks about, and he's right in some cases, but not always, is how if you mess your life up, God can put it all back together. It is true that if you've messed your life up and you come to Christ, he can make your remaining days more full than anything you ever could have imagined, that he's got a perfect plan for you for the rest of your days. But it doesn't mean he had the exact plan for you that, that you would have had if you hadn't screwed it up. You know, the Israelites, God planned for them to go to the promised land, and they lost their faith, and they never made it to the promised land, Okay. I can show you people, you know, I do divorce law a lot, people who don't treat their wives well and they get divorced and the wife goes and remarries. And now their, their, their kids and their, their ex-wife are living together in someone else's house. Hey, that's a, that's a pretty tough thing to untangle. I can show you people who, who came to Christ while they're in prison, people who committed murders and are doing life in prison. Okay. And I'm glad you come to Christ, but it doesn't mean all of a sudden that, you know, your, the parole board's going to let you out, you know, after uh, two years of a 55 year sentence. That's not how it works. Okay, there are real life consequences to, to going astray. And you see that in the story of the prodigal son, where the son who didn't leave, he didn't blow his inheritance, right? 
The other son blew his inheritance. There's nothing in the prodigal son where Jesus says you got he got his inheritance back, that he was put back on, on square one and everything was okay, or that or that the, the man took some of the other son's inheritance and gave it to him. That part's not in there. Okay, now you can kind of assume from the context of the story that the father was happy to see him again. He's going to set him up again and and he's going to do his best with the kid and everything like that. But it's not to say that what he did was without consequence. I live in a world, you know, I'm I'm a lawyer and and I've done criminal law and family law where people have to live with the consequences of their decisions every day. And yet God will bring you back and everything and and God will God will pick up the pieces and God will put you back together. But but sometimes you leave a path of destruction in your wake. Feelings are feelings are hurt, um, and things get done that can't be undone. An extreme example: you take someone's life. That guy's not coming back to life. You know, uh, like I said, you lose your you lose your wife to somebody else. I'm sorry, man. You know, God's not going to go break up a marriage just for you. All right. So there are there are some pretty bad things you can do to yourself. Chris and I saw a, a video the other day of uh, these these four kids who were just knuckleheads and they thought, wouldn't it be cool if we stole, I think it was like $13 million worth of rare books. And as part of their plan, even though these kids kind of came across as we're not going to hurt anybody, they had to actually uh, tie up uh, this old lady who was a librarian. And that was a weird thing because the whole the whole video is kind of like lighthearted up to that point. Yeah. And then it's like, oh yeah, and we had to tie this woman up. And they show her afterwards. This is almost 20 years later and she's still traumatized. Whenever she was somebody else would come to the library, she'd freak out about it. I mean, that's someone who, who's had real damage done to her. So don't always think that that when God says he'll restore you, what he's talking about is he'll restore you to your love, but he to his love, okay? But he won't always he won't always save you from the worldly consequences of what you've done to yourself. Okay. And I believe in miracles, but sometimes the miracle is never straying from the straight and narrow in the first place. All right. Now look, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, well then my life is messed up too late for me. No, it's not because what God has for you is still infinitely better than what you're living in right now. Like the prodigal son said, I'd rather be the least in the kingdom of my father Okay, than to be, you know, left out here in the world. And so we came back. And I'm, I'm, you know, trying to tell you the same thing. But I gotta tell you, uh, it's much, what's it, what's the saying, Kristen, that, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of the cure. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not doubting God's miracle working power. And I'm not doubting that he wants to work a miracle in your life too. And I'm not doubting that if you come to God, he can give you very full life and that he can give you more than you ever imagined, not to, not to mention eternal life. And, and he can use you for great and mighty things. He can give you purpose and all that stuff. What I'm absolutely saying is there is a right and a wrong. There is righteousness and then there is worldliness. And that when you choose worldliness, there are a lot of times very bad consequences, and sometimes you have to live with them for a long time, all right? So, guys, that's all I'm saying today. Uh, the story of the prodigal son is one that I think gets mis- not so much misinterpreted a lot, but underinterpreted a lot. It's an important story because it's not just about redemption, but the thing that comes before it. Because before you even recognize that you need redemption, you have to understand that what you've done or where you've gone is is away from the path of righteousness. And before even that point, you should understand that if you deviate from the path of righteousness, there could be real-world consequences uh, that you might not want to deal with down the road. So what's the best policy? The best policy is just to find Christ in the first place. Do your best to stay in the straight and narrow. If you've gone off the path, to run back to him as quickly as possible and uh, put your faith in God and let him take care of the rest. That's my message for you today. Awesome. Awesome. There's so there's so much in all of that. And I, I can't 
unpack all of it uh, with because I was thinking of so many different things and my brain was going in so many different directions when you were talking. But uh, just a few things that from my perspective, you mentioned about self-esteem and how that's tied to really needing to understand our worth in in the kingdom, that our worth of what we do, that what we do matters. And your dream is tied to so many else, so many other people, your decisions have a ripple effect for generations. Um, you know, and, and that's not just, of course, if you have kids, uh, it's a ripple effect, but even if you are a person who's single or, uh, married without, you know, you don't have kids, um, you still, you're a spiritual mother or father by your example. And, and your, your example, it's such a ripple effect for so many people. And so understanding our identity in Christ, I feel like so many times people talk about self-esteem issues with teenagers. And it is, it is a time I, I get it that they're, you're finding yourself. I remember that being in, in my early teens, but so many adults, just like peer pressure is actually, I think, a, a big issue, just as big or bigger for adults of all ages. So many adults don't realize their, their value in Christ. And that is so central to everything. As you said, you know, God says his mercies are new every morning. So the great exciting part of that is if you feel like you have messed up, because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory, as, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So every morning you have a new chance. But by the same token, what Jordan's saying is about missing things. Every day you can be missing opportunities. Right. You know, there, there are opportunities that it's, so it's, it's so important to know the impact of if God tugs on your heart to witness to someone or to do something and you just say, oh, I'll do that later. It's so important. I'm speaking to myself. I'm speaking to all of us. It's so important to know opportunities may not present themselves the same way again. So take the opportunity, take, and because I feel like it's so important to do that when the Holy Spirit uh, prompts you to do something, take that because it it's easier and easier uh, to, to do that more and more. If you, if you shut the door to it, if you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, it becomes easier and easier not to, and to kind of harden our hearts. So, so important to recognize that yes, God's mercies are new every morning, but also we have opportunities every single day and we want to be good stewards of what God's given us. Hmm. Amen. This natural light is casting some interesting shadows, isn't it? <laughs> I know. We should have used the. That's used okay. The... It's it's natural is is the thing. That's we right. are all a natural. Absolutely. All right. Why don't you uh, uh, pray for the people who sent us requests? Okay. Yes, we've gotten. Um, I know we have a lot of people who have asked us for prayer over and over again, and I I am so we are so grateful to be able to pray with you. So I'm just gonna do like a blanket prayer for those people who've asked us, because I don't want you to think that the impact of um, you, if you keep asking, you know, we we care and we want to pray for you. And you certainly, it's not like a, oh, you use up your chances to pray. <laughs> um, and so Mulchand, uh, these are the specific ones that came in today. Mulchand says, pray for me. He says, I don't know what this means, but he says people are after his family. Um, and, uh, Christopher asked us to pray for missionaries in Haiti for that situation. Thank you, Christopher, reminding us of that. And I just want to pray for all of our listeners who, again, who've 
just brought things to our attention. And, um, you know, God answers some prayers instantly. Others uh, are process. So God, I pray for Mulchand and I pray for the situation. God, you put a hedge of a tr- protection around him and his family. God, I pray for Chris, uh, Christopher's prayer request for the missionaries in Haiti. God, I do pray for the situation. God, I pray in Haiti and I pray for all places around the world where people face real persecution, God. And I pray for our listeners who are may may fall in that category, God. I pray for all of our listeners who have have just situations that they feel they cannot see their way out of, God. And in the flesh they can't, but God, you can. I pray for those who need comfort, who who've just given us just reports of of things that are going on that are our situations where they just need your love to just wrap around them. God, let them feel your love. Let them feel your peace. God, just give them what they need. God in this hour, God, you are more than enough. God, the world, it just seems overwhelming. What the enemy comes at us with, it just seems overwhelming sometimes, but you are more than enough. God, you are more than enough for every situation and everything, God. And you took it all on, on the cross on yourself. So you've taken on all these situations and you've already, you've already seen the, the vast future you have for your people, God. I pray for the vision. Without vision, the people perish. I pray for a vision of hope and, and your love and your peace, God, to cover, to cover every one of our listeners, God. And I pray for your miracles. I pray in these next few minutes for your miracles, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Great job, sweetie. You too. Well, I spoke for like the longest time today. So why don't you uh, do the honors of doing the call to salvation? Absolutely. If there's anyone who's listening and if you're watching this in the playback, it doesn't matter. Um, We would love, love to give you the opportunity. For those people who watched, uh, actually sat through 20 minutes of me speaking. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, if you, if you scrubbed it ahead. No. Yeah. <laughs> I should make that announcement at the beginning. All right, so for those of you watching on replay, you can just scrub ahead to the end and Kristen will give you the no, call. No, no, no. <laughs> you were giving away a free pen. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> and so please, please, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just follow after me. Dear Jesus, I admit that I have sinned. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I make you my Lord and Savior. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we're so excited for you. Definitely send us a message or a comment on this video so we can welcome you into the great family of God. All right, guys, listen, thanks for watching. I hope you've enjoyed this. I know this is kind of a weird time for us to do it, but whatever, who cares? Um, So we'll be back uh, sooner than you think, um, probably (laughs) within the next week, we hope. And uh, we encourage you to check out our other videos. We also have a YouTube channel that's kind of gone up, and we have uh, our podcast on iTunes. So if you haven't checked those out, please do. We'll see you pretty soon. In the meantime, don't be afraid to send us your prayer requests. And as always, be blessed and be a blessing. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow Jordan and Kristen Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. And remember to tune in next week and every week on Tuesdays at 845 on WMCA The Mission, AM 570 and FM 102.3. Amazing grace.